you know, you got to have thick skin in our business because sometimes um, you take a beating and you got to keep getting up. And it's just part of the game. It's part of sports. And I mean, that's, that's a part of real estate and sports that I love. Let's get ready to scale. guys, thanks for joining us for yet another episode. Today with me is Bob Lachance. Now, Bob is a very busy man. He was uh, formerly a professional hockey player, but he is now the owner of Riva Global. In addition to that, he has also, listen to this list, the podcast of Pucks to Property, uh, the podcast host of Pucks to Property, the founder of Perch Rock Management, which acquires uh, distressed and non-performing single-family and multi-family properties in the Northeast, the owner of Hat Trick, and the co-creator of Fortune Builders Mastery Mentor Program. And he's coming to us today from West Hartford, Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Bob. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You are a busy, busy man. <laughs> I try. I try to stay busy. I like staying busy. Obviously, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world, and it's uh, it's fun to be busy rather than sitting around doing nothing. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, just to kind of get started, do you want to share with us what your story is as far as your background when it comes to real estate? And actually, yeah. I think it would be fun and interesting to hear how you pivoted kind of from hockey into real estate too. Sure, sure. Two second rundown. Um, I started investing back in 2004. Prior to that, I uh, played professional hockey for eight years. So I was drafted by St. Louis Blues, played in their organization, uh, played four years here in the U.S. and then four years in Europe. And then towards the end of my career, um, I decided you know, I had a, uh, my first son was born and it was either take my family over to Europe or you know, retire and join, uh, a, a, you know, join some sort of industry. Um, I also left school two classes early of getting my degree. So my, uh, my choices were a little limited, either go back to school, which um, I didn't really want to do, um, or you know, join an industry that had zero bear of entry, and uh, real estate was it. So I jumped into real estate back in 2004, got into the flipping game. So my first uh, deal was a buy, fix, and resell, and then I jumped into short sale world where I negotiated with banks, ended up doing over probably uh, 12 plus 100 transactions on the short sale side. Got into real estate education while I was flipping properties that morphed into, you know, seeing a need in the industry, which is the virtual assistant world. So I saw a need uh, and ended up starting my first virtual assistant company in 2014. Today we have over a thousand uh, virtual assistants in my real estate investment company, Pertrock, like you mentioned earlier, uh, we did 240 transactions last year and we're looking to do around the same volume, a little more uh, coming up in uh, 2023. So that's just a, a two second rundown of my story. Wow. You made that sound fast and easy. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I'm sure it was anything, but, um, you know, so to get started, I have a lot of different questions I'm curious to ask you, but I think one thing that really stands out to me is that, um, you know, you've been able to successfully build out uh, uh, several different businesses and, um, you know, kudos to you. What would you say are some of the most uh, critical fundamental principles that you've put into your businesses or you've learned to put into your businesses along the way? Yeah, you know, what? Um, I think one of the most important things is what you start typically is not how it ends. Um, so you have to you have to start something with a hope of it working out. So, for example, um, you know, I got into real estate or I got into playing hockey. Right, I thought I was going to play in the NHL for a hundred years. That didn't happen. 
So there's always life after that. Then I got into real estate, started in real estate, flipping properties. Then I got into the short sale world. Then I got into coaching. And then I saw a need within that niche, um, which were outsourced tasks, outsourced, um, you know, finding time, finding efficiency, finding scale in your business and filling that hole, which was a virtual assistant world. Um, so I got into that. And then today I'm doing both that and uh, turning over properties. So the answer would be, you know, whatever you start takes you in different paths. So my advice to anybody would be just get started. If you're interested in real estate, get started because you never know if you're going to end up, you know, buying into syndications or starting your own syndication or raising money or being a small operator and, and, you know, having your own management company. So I think the, the bottom line is just get started, whatever that is, and it, your path will take you where it will take you. Very good advice. Uh, I definitely agree with get started. Uh, and I think it's also about really being primed to recognize opportunity and being in a good enough position to move on that opportunity when you see it. Uh, rather, we're talking about investments or even you know business opportunities, right, within evolving your business or scaling it. Um, I think it can also be a little tempting sometimes to see opportunity everywhere and to want to do, you know, more than is reasonable sometimes, too. So how do you balance, you know, that that how do you balance that urge when you're like, oh, you know what else would be cool? But, you know, realistically, you know that you still have a lot on your plate. How do you balance the shiny object syndrome? So the shiny object syndrome is everywhere. I mean, I think that will never stop. I think um, the way you kind of balance that is to take one step at a time. And in real estate, there's no get rich quick anything. I've tried it. I've lost 150 grand. I knocked down rebuilds. I've tried investing X amount of money to try to fast track everything. Um, you know, there's no real fast tracking. It is taking uh, one thing step at a time. And I think getting a mentor in any type of industry, you know, like you guys, you guys do a phenomenal job. I think finding a mentor in that space you want to get into is 100% is that's something that will um, allow you to get to where you're going faster, but it's not a get rich quick, anything it's, you know, working with a mentor, following their lead because they've been there already. I think that's very, very important. A lot of people kind of get lost in. Yeah, uh, that's great advice. Um, I definitely agree with you too. Real estate is is about patient capital. Mm -hmm. I think it's a word we need to kind of push out there a little bit more, like um, you know, rather than <laughs> the opposite where people, you know, sometimes misassociate it with thinking that there's a way to get rich quick. Uh, and mm -hmm. actually to touch on something else you said earlier, uh, I agree with you 100%. I love how real estate has no barrier to entry, essentially. Anybody can do it. And that's one of the things that makes it so incredibly powerful. So on that note, uh, you know, let's kind of pivot over to talking about your virtual assistants that you have, um, you know, that are very specifically trained in real estate. So can you just kind of share with our listeners, what are some of the ways that these virtual assistants can be utilized and how does it ultimately help people's business? Yeah, you know, we work with smaller operators. We work with individuals that have bigger companies. We have a couple asset management companies, a couple of hedge funds that use our services and it runs all the way to the game. You know, smaller operators will use our virtual assistants to drive in leads to their business. So for instance, they'll get on the phone, they'll do prospecting, they'll see, they'll gauge motivation for sellers to see if they're interested in selling. And as soon as they gauge that seller motivation, that one lead source goes to our sales floor. Or if you're a, a, a solopreneur, it'd go right to you to turn that property. If you're a buy and hold investor, now that lead, you got to run your numbers, of course, to analyze your numbers, what they look like, and you'll buy that property at a certain number that fits whatever 
cash flow number you're looking at as an example. Um, that'd be more of a small operator. We also have individuals that do transaction coordinating or virtual assistants that do transaction coordinating work, social media work. Um, and on a bigger scale, they do a lot of property management, whether it's leases, lease renewals, a lot of bookkeeping tasks, which is, you know, accounts payable, accounts receivable, things like that on a bigger scale. Nice, nice. Now I'm yep. curious, um, all of that requires, you know, some pretty, um, some pretty direct training. So mm -hmm. what is your training program like? And how did you go about training uh, these yep. VAs for kind of these different verticals? Yeah, so, so I, my company is out of the Philippines. So we have all my virtual assistants out of the Philippines. And we've set up a, a sourcing recruiting team in the Philippines. We also have a training team, a placement team, operations, HR, etc. So what we do is we, uh, every single day, we're sending out different ads, we're doing fairs, we're doing all that stuff to bring in the application or applicants. So the applicants come in, we source them, we screen them, we test them. And as soon as they pass all that testing, then they go to our training team. We have about a month training. So every single week, there's different types of trainings, different types of modules that all of our virtual assistants go through. So that now we can place them with the exact individual that wants that task done. So it's a really methodical process that we set up. Nice. And did you, did you build all of the training materials in-house? Or what resources did you use to kind of draw from uh, in creating your own yeah. training materials? Yeah, a lot of the stuff actually came from what we do in our office, you know, all the way from the single family stuff. We also own some syndications here. Um, we also have properties, et cetera. And we also have clients that have come on with us and, and that are bigger organizations that have worked with the type of training. So bigger organizations on the asset management side or the property management side have come in and helped create all of that training with us along with what we do on a daily basis. So it was a really a team effort of creating it. And we update all of our training on a daily basis. And we continue to add different avenues and different venues as well within our training. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. that uh, it requires a lot of agility because, you know, yeah. things change, investors' concerns change. So if you're prospecting, you know, as an example, yeah. uh, the information you need to be equipped with today is very different than the information you needed just a month ago, right? Yeah. And I think it's important too, for us to be in the game on a daily basis. So we're, we're performing exactly what we want our virtual assistants to do in our real estate investment companies using our service. So I think it's really, really important for anyone out there that looks for a service, make sure the operator, the owners are actually using their own service. I think it's very important. Ready to Scale is brought to you by Blue Lake Capital, where we hunt down the best multifamily investment opportunities that we can find and invite investors to join in with us. We target Class B value-add multifamily properties across the Sunbelt. Our CEO, Ellie Perlman, invests a substantial amount of capital into every deal. This means our interests are aligned with yours. If you're an accredited investor looking to expand your portfolio and diversify sponsors, be sure to visit us at bluelake-capital.com. Blue Lake Capital, be bold, be extraordinary, and keep moving forward. And now we'll talk about some extra fun stuff. I'd let's love do, to piggyback from that over to talking about your strategy for actually targeting uh, distressed or non-performing, uh, you know, yep. single family and multifamily uh, assets, right? So, yep. you know, first of all, how do you go about really identifying, you know, what you consider to really be uh, distressed? And then second to that, I'd love to know how is it that you turn it around once you acquire them? 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So we have a, a different kind of uh, spin on what we do. So we're doing uh, deals in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. We're in Arkansas, Alabama. Um, I got to ask my business partner what other, I think we're in Florida, Georgia as well. So we're in a lot of these different states. And what we do, we have, so since how we utilize a virtual assistant company, we do a lot of cold calling. We got to do a lot of, you know, texting. We do a lot of direct mail. We do, we got PPC. We do a bunch of different meetings there. Um, but what we do is we use a data provider. Uh, there's a lot of different data providers out there. I know you guys have some. Um, we use, I'll use just an example of PropStream is one of them, big data providers. So we'll pull down whether it's a single family list, a multifamily list in the areas that we target. And we look at different data sets. Um, if we know that we want to buy two, uh, two plus bedrooms, uh, 1,500 square feet plus in a certain area, what we'll do is we'll hone in on that specific area buy all the data, we'll skip trace it, which means finding the best possible phone number for them. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have our text message team and our cold call team reach out to them. We'll also set up our direct mail team that's gonna be sending direct mail to those individuals. And our PPC team will also hone in on those areas. So now we're hitting them on a, a bunch of different areas or a bunch of different levels, I should say. And as soon as we reach out to them, they connect back with us, then that goes back to our sales floor. And like we said before, that's when we start analyzing the deals and seeing what we can purchase the properties for. Once we purchase them, get them on a contract, then a lot of times we're just turning them around. We're using the ML, local MLSs there to sell our deals. So very simple and straightforward. So what criteria specifically are you honing in on that is essentially like a green light to indicate to you that you know this is a distressed asset? So it's a great question. The distressed asset side, are, are, like I said before, we have a very different kind of outlook. We hit everybody. So what I mean by that is if I'm looking at an area in, let's say, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, what I'll do is I'll buy the data from everybody in the city of Hartford. And like I said, I'll cold call them, I'll text message, we'll hone in on PPC and we'll do direct mail. So we don't, today right now, we don't specifically hone in on the best a piece of motivation because we do a kind of a blanket blend of all of the, the messages and marketing. So we just go right at everybody. We don't hone in today because we follow the trends of foreclosures and pre foreclosures and, and all that data. Our CEO of our team is the top uh, short sale guy in the state. So he hones in on all of that data. So once the, the short sale or once the pre foreclosure and the notice of defaults are going up or the Liz Pendants here in Connecticut start going up, we are really going to hone in on that specific niche. But right now we're hitting everybody. Interesting. Interesting. So it's almost maybe, if I'm understanding correctly, looking more for distressed owners than necessarily a distressed asset. hundred percent. We look for the distressed situations, whether it's, you know, there's job loss, divorce, um, uh, uh, someone passed away, whatever that looks like. So it's really more of the distressed uh, homeowner than the distressed asset. That's, all, that's what we look at today. That may change tomorrow, but today that's that's what we're looking for. I definitely have to adapt uh, all the time. That's for sure. Yep. And it's a it's a smart and, and very interesting strategy. Um, very cool. All right. Well, and last but not least, before I get into what we call our lightning round questions, I just thought this would be a fun little uh, question to throw your way. What would okay. you say are three commonalities between hockey and real estate? <laughs> hockey and real estate. Well, um, there's never an easy game. That's number one. So it's kind of like when you do a transaction, if you're doing a big multifamily transaction, 
it's not ever it's not exactly as smooth as you want it to go so you know each period in hockey would be you know first period is gonna be different than the second period different than the third period so that's one of the things i would i would say uh the other thing i would say is preparation is extremely important so everything that we do in hockey is preparing right so whether it's um whether it's in the summertime, you're preparing for the season, right? You're working out, you're skating, um, you're getting better. You got to make sure your health is good. You got to make sure you're eating right. And that's all to get ready for the season. And then once the season starts, you're doing everything you can to get to the playoffs. So it's the same thing. It's maintaining, it's working, it's visualizing, it's being a good teammate. It's getting the right team, uh, team members on board. Same thing in real estate. You need, you know, this is not a solo game. You're working with a lot of different players in the game of real estate. So I would say that's the second thing. And the third thing is, um, you know, you got to have thick skin in our business because sometimes um, you take a beating and you got to keep getting up. And it's just part of the game. It's part of sports. And I mean, that's that's a part of real estate and sports that I love. Right. And business is that, you know, you got to have thick skin and not everyone could be in this game because they don't have thick skin. Right. So. I, think, I, I love that part about it. I know it may, may be taken the wrong way, but um, not, it's, business is not cut out for everybody. And um, I, I personally like that part as well. That's a fantastic answer. Fantastic. All right. Well, Bob, are you ready for our lightning round questions? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So when you are not opening up 6 million businesses, what do you actually <laughs> do for fun? What I do for fun? I coach my kids in hockey. So that's, uh, that's one of the things that I do. And I also play golf. Ah, very cool. Okay, great. Um, what is something that a lot of people don't actually know about you? Uh, they don't know about me. Let me see. That's an interesting one. Um, well, I love listening to podcasts, um, read books. I think books on tape are, are important. I think that's one of the things that helps everybody grow. And, um, you know, you heard this cliche before, probably from, you know, maybe it was from Kobe Bryant or from Michael Jordan, but, you know, people don't see the work that you do behind the scenes, which actually gets you better for the game or for the business. So a lot of hard work is done without looking, you know, looking on camera or seeing what happens until that, until something happens. And, and then the, the takeaways, people are like, Oh, this person's so lucky. You know, a lot of times <laughs> it's not luck. It's, it's the preparation beforehand. Absolutely. And good advice. Um, now, kind of jumping right from there uh, into my next question is perfect because my next question for you is what is a book that you definitely recommend uh, investors need to have in their library? So I think uh, the first one would probably be Compound Effect. Uh, Compound Effect is great, obviously, for what you guys have in, in your podcast here, which is obviously passive income and syndications and things like that. Um, that's why I started my virtual assistant company because when you start to look at what you do in life is everything compounds on each other. So it takes one step at a time. And before you know it, once the momentum goes, it doesn't happen right away, but once the momentum goes, because it's the same thing as positive cash flow, passive income, right? It keeps going and going, snowballs, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I think that's a great book. And it's a small read. It's not a big read. It's a, it's a thin book, which is actually great for me. So um, I, I, I give that book to everybody. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things uh, that we try to always, you know, bring to the surface is that all of this is awesome and it's fun and, but it's definitely about a lot more than just money, right? This is not mm -hmm. just, oh, how are we going to make a bunch of money? So one of the yeah. goals that we have is to really live an extraordinary life uh, here at Blue Lake. Mm -hmm. What would you say is your advice for being able to actually build an extraordinary life? 
Yeah, you know, you can't, and, and I think this is another important takeaway. Um, you know, you can't help people unless you help yourself first. So you need, so for instance, um, you know, if, if you're not successful in what you do, you can't take any resource and help anybody. You can't take your knowledge and help anybody. Because if you start looking at, we, we do a lot in Riva Global with charities in the Philippines. So I think for us, what we do, of course, there's profit both on the real estate side and on the virtual assistance side. But you can't, just like these, these podcasts, right? If I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't be able to give back to somebody listening, right? I mean, we all listen. I listen to, um, not TikTok, but I, I listen to Instagram all the time. And I scroll through all the business stuff, the motivation stuff. And there's a lot of takeaways that... I learn from them. So if I could give back to somebody that could, you know, listen to, to what I offer on a daily basis or even on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, then I could help change somebody and that'll help, you know, make the world better. And, and maybe my kids will start listening and, you know, take some <laughs> and implement it as well. Nice. Nice. All right. And last but not least, of course, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can check us out on our website at RevaGlobal, R-E-V-A Global.com. On the real estate side, you can check us out at PerchRock, P-U-R-C-H, Rock, R-O-C-K dot com. You can send me an email at Bob at R-E-V-A Global dot com or Bob at PerchRock dot com. So easiest way, we're online as well. And, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. That's a lot of emails to keep up with, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) There's more. There's more, unfortunately. There's more. Well, thank you so much. And for those of you tuning in today, we appreciate you. Please make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. And in the meantime, make sure that you continue to be bold, be extraordinary, and keep moving forward. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.